Nah, screw it, I'm not gonna sing this. Welcome to Failing Upwards Forever. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first episode of our podcast, Failing Upwards Forever. I'm your host, Tina. And I'm your other host. Wait, Tina, why did you get to go first? (laughs) And this is a podcast about our journey as medical students, how we got here, what we're learning, and redefining what success and failure mean to us as people and as future medical professionals. We'll also chat about current events, interview other students, and our role models. Wow, that sounds like you read that right off the computer. Nope, it was all natural. Wow. Good job. What I st- I'm still a little bit hung up on the fact that you got you got to introduce yourself first, but that's okay. Oh, you snooze, you lose, right? Um, should we talk a little bit about ourselves? Yeah. Okay. Why don't uh, Why don't you go first since you already introduce yourself first? Thanks. <laughs> so I'm Tina. I am 23 years old. I just finished first year medical school at the University of Alberta. But before that, I went to UBC and I studied integrated science. Uh, Zim was there too. I was there and that's where we, well, we didn't meet then, but no. no. Um, in my spare time, I like to go on the internet, go on Twitter, uh, follow reality television mm. like Big Brother. Mm. I read books. She is an avid reader. I can't confirm that. And your book reviews on Instagram. And my book reviews on Instagram. Mm. And... Yeah, I'm pretty much a nerd. I can confirm that as well. Yeah. What about you? Who's also addicted to iced coffees? Yeah. Um, my name is Azim. Um, at Starbucks, people know me as Bruce. I think we can cut that out. That was a really bad joke. <laughs> but why? Why do people know you as Bruce at Starbucks? Just because they never get, get my name right. No, but I, why Bruce? Why did you pick that? Oh, because, well, I can get into that when we talk about my interests, mm-hmm. but I'm an avid Batman fan, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um but my name is Azim. I just finished first year medical school at the University of British Columbia. Um, I'm at the Okanagan campus, not the Vancouver Fraser campus. Shout out Southern Medical Program. Ooh, SMP, best MP. Um, it's, it's been a lot of fun. The move to Kelowna was a big adjustment, but it's been really good so far. And, you know, I think we both are pretty proud of ourselves when we say that we just finished first year medical school. Yeah. Um, uh, before this, I also went to UBC, just like Tina. Um, and I also did integrated science, just like Shout Tina. Shout out to integrated science. Um, I integrated physiology and kinesiology, not just like Tina. Yeah, I did physiology and immunology. Big difference this is, there. This is my, this is my, uh, this is my time, Tina. Please don't I just wanted to add it oh, in because okay. I forgot to say it before. Um, and things I like to do in my free time. I don't know. I, I, I always dislike doing these, like, what do I like to do in my free you time? play basketball. I do play basketball. I I watched the Batman. <laughs> and you uh, spend a lot of time staring in the mirror. Is that true? I'm not a, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean by this? Um I play a lot of basketball. I've been playing a lot of video games recently. Assassin's Creed. I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed. I actually just recently bought uh, a new Assassin's Creed t-shirt. Shout out to Parsa if you're listening to this, because she helped me pick it up. Um and did you know that Assassin's Creed is based off of Ismaili Muslims, like the whole history? No. It's crazy. I'll, wow. I'll, I'll tell you about it. Maybe I can and talk. You're also an Ismaili Muslim. I'm an Ismaili Muslim, loud and proud. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit about me. So how do we know each other? I guess, yeah, we can go back in yeah. time and talk about that. So we met at Port Moody Secondary School. So we actually did our entire high school together and we never talked once no we talked but we, it, was, it was brief it was very brief it was brief it was very brief we were let's we were, just say we were in different friend groups he was jealous of my academic success i was jealous of ac- her academic success and and this is because she was the biggest teacher's pet that i've been in my entire life well it's okay because we all had our interests in high school he was on the basketball team i was i was kind Picture of was in the newspaper oh yeah yeah, yeah. it was yeah, yeah. it was um, but yeah, we didn't really talk yeah. until university when we were studying some of the same stuff. Uh-huh. And we've been best friends since. 
Well, I think when we really became close is when we practiced for MMIs together. You're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So you can learn a lot about a person mm. by waking up at 7 a.m. four times a week and just hearing them talk about their personal stories and answer ethical questions. Wouldn't you say? I think that's a fair statement to make. I have never heard more about Batman and Attack on Titan. <laughs> Attack on Titan, Attack on Gina, Titan that takes me back. Than that amount of time that we spent practicing MMIs together. And I have never heard so much about colorectal surgery yeah. and working <laughs> at the virology clinic. Yeah, than, than... which are all things that I've done and I've been passionate about. It's really funny how you thought of Batman and Attack on Titan and I thought That's of colorectal surgery. <laughs> like you, you, I, I'm thinking about like medically like smart things for you. Yeah. And then you're thinking about but like you know what? You got into UBC and I didn't. So what does that say about the MMI process? Maybe it has to be more personal, don't you think? that's a fair statement to make or maybe it's just because you know i'm a better speaker than you yeah well we can let the audience yeah we can let the audience decide maybe it was my charm and my charismatic sense of humor oh yeah when did you get that i don't know i don't know i still don't have anything we're failing forever yeah um and that's why kind of we talked we decided to make this the title of the podcast feeling upwards forever because you know, despite being medical students, that doesn't mean that we have everything figured out. And there's been a lot of times when we've both failed and are continuously failing. But and we'll continue to fail. And we'll continue to fail in the future, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think in the medical profession, a lot of the time failure is looked down upon for a good reason, because the work we do is really important and patients are depending on us to not make mistakes, but mistakes are inevitable, especially when you're still a learner. And so I thought we could talk about them. Yeah. And I know I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. And that's okay. And the more we talk about it, the more it normalizes failing and learning and redefining what success and, and failure mean to us. And growing. And growing. All the... All the good stuff <laughs> that we want that we want in future yeah. medical profession, professionals. Yeah. So, and we also thought it would be just a cool way to stay connected as friends by mm-hmm. making this podcast because we do go to different medical schools and we live in different cities to kind of compare what we're learning, how we're doing, yeah. how our mental health is doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some, and, and, you know, typically that just revolves around like phone calls that last for like 30 minutes yeah. that we would talk about. Okay, Tina, let me hear your updates about what happened during the week. Yeah. But yeah, this, this, we thought would just be a fun way to stay connected. Yeah, and hopefully we learn something along the way, mm-hmm. or you can learn something along the way. Or you can just come along for the ride. Yeah, to the three people listening. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thank you to my mom. Thank you to Gina's mom. And thank you to Adrian. Shout out to Adrian, because I know he's going to be listening. All right, so I think this first episode, we really want to talk about, you know, the title of this podcast, Failure. So what does failure mean to you, Nazim? I think failure to me, that's a, that's a great question. And I, and I think failure to so me. So let me just interject and say that when we practice for MMI, no matter what I would ask, <laughs> the very first thing he would say, and I would do this too, just to buy yourself some time to, that's um, a great question. Yeah. This is such an important topic for all you people that are practicing for MMIs out there. This uh, is a, a great tip to just buy yourself like three seconds to figure out what the heck you're yeah. going to say. This is you, an important you, you read right through me. Man, this is like, is this what it's like to do to podcast your best friend? Just yeah. they, they know all your little idiosyncrasies and can pick up on everything. Yeah. That's a great question. It's so funny. Well, that's funny because that's my curriculum. So boom, yeah, the spiral <laughs> curriculum, curriculum at UBC. Shout out to UBC. We'll definitely talk more about that yeah, too. We, and the yes. differences in curriculums. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, See, it's funny because I can answer a question without saying that's a great question. Yeah, but I'll try my best. Yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think failure is just having your expectations set towards a certain goal, and then that goal not being met. It's not really. I don't think it's like a complicated definition for failure, but I think one thing that we can confidently say about failure is that failure sucks. sucks. Yeah. Wow, uh, <laughs> failure sucks so much. Yeah. Just having. Not only does it does it suck because you don't feel like you've met, you know, the expectations of yourself, but there's also other people that hold you accountable, your parents, your fa- your friends, your your family members, and and it sucks opening up to them about 
you know, the fact that you failed because um, they, they also want you to succeed. I mean, when you don't get that, get to that goal, um, it can be really, really hard on your ego and really hard um, on your self-confidence and your self-esteem. Yeah. And so failure sucks. Yeah. I, I love that you talk about, you know, disappointing other people, because mm-hmm. I think for me, that's a huge thing. And mm-hmm. like, we'll definitely get into later how many times we both applied to medical school, and <laughs> yep. just the whole journey of that and how exhausting it is. But personally, for me, one of the worst parts of, you know, getting that rejection letter or getting waitlisted is having to tell all the people that yeah. were supporting you along the way that mm-hmm. you couldn't do it, because it's like, you're not only letting yourself down, but they invested so much time and energy and they wanted you to succeed and you couldn't. And that just feels crushing in the moment. That being said, though, like we also have to think about the fact that there's just there's so many successful applicants. And like mm-hmm. ne- looking back, like we know that, you know, there's some really promising like we're both, I, I feel, promising candidates. And, oh, the, and the, times, the times we got rejected, it just goes to show how many people are super well qualified yeah. for medical school. And, you know, it may sound a little bit artificial when we're saying this because we're in medical school, but like people get rejected and it, it, it truly does suck, but in no way does it have any impact on their worth as people. Like no way does it saying that this person isn't good enough to be a doctor because there's just so many qualified applicants who apply every single year. And there's just 288 seats at UBC. I, I don't know how many seats are there at Alberta, but like 150, 150 yeah. but some people have to get rejected. And that's just the reality of it when there's 3000 people applying every single year. And some of those people will be very qualified applicants. Like I feel we both were last mm-hmm. year. So yeah. Um, and you can know that, but it still it still it sucks. It, it still it sucks. It still sucks. Yeah. It still sucks. So bouncing off, I kind of mentioned about what failure means to me. Yeah. Um, what does failure mean to you, Tina? Yeah, well, I would echo a lot of a lot of what you okay, said. Okay, so you're just stealing my idea. Yeah. Okay, plagiarizing. Is that what you're doing? Pretty mean? much. Okay, yeah. cool. That's also very frowned upon. Good thing you can call this like plagiarizing forever. Yeah, play, yeah. Day, but I think kind of reminds me of like when you write papers and yeah. then you just copy, copy and paste, paste and then but just cite at the very end. I've never done that in oh, my life. No, oh, that no you haven't either, right? Of course no, not. No. We're no. just talking about what other people. Yeah, do. of course. Yeah. But I would agree with that. And I think I would consider myself, you know, kind of a type A person, kind of like high achieving, like a lot of people that end up in med school are. And so I think I tend to t- take things personally when they go when they don't go my way. Um, and I think both of us also come from like families that expect a lot of us because both of our parents are immigrants. So they sacrificed a lot to like come to this country to give us a good future. And so kind of like what I was talking about disappointing other people, I think my concept of failure is very much tied to, oh no, like now someone won't be proud of me. Like now I won't achieve my potential. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that too is like, when you're upbringing, when you're, you know, punished for making mistakes, it makes you think that it's not okay to make mistakes anymore too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would agree with a lot of what you said. About I, you know what sucks even more? Mm-hmm. It's like, I think it's human nature. I oh, remember yeah. there's like, there's this like, uh, have you, have you watched the movie Three Idiots? No. Okay. It's like this Bollywood movie that I think a lot of people, like, I think everyone should watch. It's such a good movie. Um, but it talks about, um, this concept of school and how all students are just learning without and like they're just learning to like they're just trying to memorize stuff and things like that but they're not actually like stopping to think about like what Sounds they're like learning about yeah literally right <laughs> i don't know it's a great i'm not doing the, the the movie justice at all by describing it but you guys should all check it out or at least read the the summary but there was this one quote where it was just like in like the translated version is like if it sucks when you fail, like failure does suck. But you know what sucks even more is when your friend succeeds over you. Ooh, <laughs> and yeah. and man, like watching people get like when you fail, like yeah, like I'm just like thinking about the fact like when we got into or didn't get into medical school, but then we saw so many other people that mm-hmm. we knew get into medical school. Mm-hmm. That feeling is also it's hard. It's hard. it's hard. it's so hard. And it's complicated feelings, right? Because especially if it's you feel someone, happy for them, yeah, like on if one it's end, you care yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely, like. You want everyone to succeed, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's this irrefutable fact that this 
institution that is you know supposedly full of very very smart and accomplished people deem this person fit uh to be in the school and not you so yeah. it's hard not to take it personally too yeah and it's hard not to let it impact your friendships yeah i know like we well i think art was i mean we can get into art i think a little bit right now and eh, whatever no nah, it's okay let's move on hey, what were you? i was going to talk about like when you got into alberta yeah go for it oh okay yeah. so like this year tina got into alberta off the wait list um and I think this was like what May. Yeah, this was like May seventeenth. Oh, you remember the probably day? like ten a.m. around yeah. there. Yeah. And man, like I felt well, I felt I told Tina this. Like I felt nothing but happiness for her mm-hmm. because Tina, which is rare. You know? Yeah, which yeah. is rare. <laughs> usually. But I think it just it's just because of how much I think we'd practice together and mm-hmm. how much time we'd spend together. Like yeah. it's literally like our success became like one success. In, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And so when Tina got in, there was, I think that was like, I felt nothing but happiness. Mm-hmm. And I think I told you this because I was still on the wait list. Mm-hmm. I didn't get off the at wait UBC. list at UBC. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember when some other people got in, I was, I was happy for them. But also part of me was kind of like, man, if only, you know, if only that could have been me, mm-hmm. if only I could have also mm-hmm. done that. But I think maybe if we have more conversations like this, like talking about failure, what failure means mm-hmm. and becoming okay with failure maybe then we wouldn't be having those feelings so much, you know? Yeah, because... Because we're changing the culture. Changing the culture. When one person succeeds, we all succeed type of culture. Or is that too far? Maybe that is too far. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good step. It's a good step. It's the right direction. It's very, yeah. But I think it's also, it's very... I'm glad you admitted, you know, that you have those feelings. And of course course I have those feelings. And everyone does, Yeah. right? And like the first step towards... I guess being happy for everyone else is to admit that you do have those feelings of jealousy of those of not feeling enough and mm-hmm. yeah the more we talk about it the more we can disperse these feelings i guess or just realize that we have these feelings and that, and that can... it's human nature and it's okay yeah. but you don't have to like act on them you have to now. act on them. yeah yeah i remember i was talking to my counselor and um she told me something pretty cool she's like emotions and feelings are so like fleeting yeah they only last like three seconds yeah and so you can feel like a certain emotion but if you just realize that you're feeling that in the moment they're only supposed to last for three seconds it's everything else that compounds them to last longer yeah but emotions are only supposed to last three seconds it's and so, so funny because i learned the exact same thing on tiktok oh okay yeah tiktok the new the new uh what mental health the professional mental health professional <laughs> I was going to say the new Wikipedia. I get all my advice from TikTok. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's really bad. But these days, whenever I'm like feeling a certain way, I just go on TikTok and and I start scrolling and I wait for something to make me feel better because they'll know how I'm feeling. And I just wait for the algorithm to pick up on the intricacies of my mood in that moment. And it usually does. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. I feel like we should talk. I really want to talk about this. Like, that's crazy. we do a whole episode. On TikTok? TikTok. Man, I was so addicted to TikTok at one point. Like, I would go on that stuff for, like, um, like hours. And then I had, like, a time limit on my phone for an hour. But does anyone ever listen to that? Like, no. So I would say, sorry. (laughs) Like, ignore limit. And I would keep scrolling. I remember I was looking at my screen time at one point. This is in medical school. This is, like time of midterms the trenches bro of midterms. three and a half hours tiktok time and wow. i i at that point i knew i had a problem so i deleted tiktok off my phone and just haven't looked back since it's um, interesting i think i had a little bit of a different experience with tiktok because you know i feel like i kind of get bored of it so i don't go on it like that much yeah but i think when i did go on tiktok like last summer especially it brought up so much stuff about like childhood trauma about like processing your feelings about like realizing like when you're feeling a certain way and how to like regulate your emotions like I feel like I actually got like a lot of good content and advice from TikTok about really? like mental health which was interesting I okay. think interesting so yeah. and so much that I even made it one of my like like new year's resolutions to like explore TikTok more because I feel like I have so much to learn from it huh. too but I guess it depends on what the algorithms the algorithm. the time, right? because that's so funny because you yeah. mentioned that because with all my TikTok stuff it was so it was like 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 uh, male fashion advice <laughs> yeah um it was basketball yeah um it was jake gyllenhaal when the whole jake gyllenhaal and taylor swift oh, thing was yeah. happening oh. it was jake gyllenhaal tiktok oh my gosh i'm a huge swifty by the way oh uh, yeah i'm listening jake jake gyllenhaal i'm i'm not sure he was not 
No. I mean, according to TikTok, we don't know. We don't know his story. Um, and then, man, like it's so funny. It really like reflects. Oh, and anime TikTok. Yeah, I was an anime. TikTok. You were like, you said that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, of course it does. You know, like do you remember Harry Potter, like the Room of Requirement? Yeah. Harry- it's literally like the Room of yeah. like whatever you're needing or feeling at the time, it will reflect back to you, which is just so fascinating yeah like how far social media has come yeah both in it being very harmful at times and toxic and also really helpful too because tiktok is still like at one point it was the most used app in the world i think it's it's just growing yeah like it's no it was at one point but now but now it fell off but like i it's the number one used app i don't know but i remember seeing i remember seeing like a stat about it and definitely not tiktok was no one uses snapchat anymore yeah but dude, you'd be surprised actually. Like, like there's people I know who have like snap scores of like a million. And so these days have like Instagram group chats. They don't use Messenger. Where are you they just, They oh. really, really do. Oh. And that freaks me out yeah. because I feel like Instagram is not a group chat platform. Yeah. You know, like the user experience yeah. is not too friendly in That's my so opinion. Weird. But they're just not on Facebook, which yeah. is kind of wild too. So we're just old now yeah okay and yeah. you know what it just goes to show even apps have successes and failures yeah. and, and huge companies too yeah yeah it's crazy to think that because at one point like I remember like getting my mom set up on Facebook and this mm-hmm. was like a couple years ago but like Facebook was a thing yeah but now like all your parents have Facebook that's why like the kids are just like oh like I don't want yeah to. we're going somewhere else yeah and, it's, yeah. and it was, what's even sadder is like I just refer to that population as the kids so, kids. <laughs> so like <laughs> Maybe we are, yeah, maybe we are like old. Maybe there's like a distinct generation gap. Yeah. I think we like just went on a big tangent. So let's bring it back. Well, um, one thing we did talk about that is interesting, I think, is this idea of like TikTok and how everyone's on it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people too are sharing their successes and failures on TikTok, yeah. especially their failures. Yeah. I've seen so many stories of people being like the most embarrassing thing that's happened to them. And I'm seeing a lot of stories of, of students applying to med school too like sharing their MCAT scores, talking about like what they're doing and like mm. whether they should, you know, apply to like other schools in the US or stay in Canada or things like that. Mm. So I think that's really good too, to like kind of, cause you know what, there was, there still is like a very big culture of like secrecy around like applying to medical school where, you know, you kind of don't want people to know in case you don't make it, which is the whole aspect of failure, right? So I think people on TikTok are talking about it more, which is which is really interesting. Yeah, I, I I never like I could understand it why people would be so secretive about it, mm-hmm. but I never agreed with it because mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. We can get into that. Yeah, later, but something that I found interesting is like I don't know, but like being in medical school, I feel like it's it's a much more positive environment now. Yeah. Right. Because it's kind of like you can kind of just support each other without thinking about whether they're directly competing with you. Because chances are they're not. Yeah. Because of the way that like carbs matching works. Mm-hmm. So I've personally found that to be helpful. I think you're right. And yeah. I think also there's less of a um, penalization, mm-hmm. if that's a word, mm-hmm. um, for students. Yeah. And so if students end up failing or, you know, you aren't doing well as you're supposed to be doing, um, you know, compared to the rest of your classmates, mm-hmm. the the faculty is just there to support you. Yeah. And they ask, like, how can we support you better so mm-hmm. that you, you know, you 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 are up to par with the rest? Yes. Because because everyone who gets in medical school, like they're all proven applicants, right? Yeah. And so the faculty is always just there to support you. And so that's super different from yeah. undergrad. I found that so shocking. Yeah. Because when I got, I felt like I was just like, like overwhelmed with all the support and the resources and everything that they were offering us. And I thought, well, where was this in undergrad? Like, where was all this? Because in undergrad, it was like, you know, if you don't get the best grades and you're not doing all of this stuff, then you're simply not able to get in. Yeah. But but in medical school, they're like, hey, how can we support you? How can we make sure that, you know, you, you yeah. do as well as you want to? Which is great. Mm-hmm. But I wish that support had been available, like, before for students. that are, It really does feel like you're going through the process alone, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's no, like, specific program that's, like, pre-medicine or anything like that. You mm-hmm. just kind of have to figure it out as you go. Especially if you're someone who doesn't have connections. If you don't know a lot of medical students, you're not really aware of, like, how you're supposed to write your application, like, how to prepare for interviews, which is something that I think needs to change. Yeah, I, I think a part of that also is just because um, um, there's 
because in medical school, there's like a set number of professors and like mm-hmm. we have like course leads and things like that yeah. we can easily get into contact with, with, um, you know, university, everything is just so dispersed, yeah. like all the professors and things like that. In high school, I felt like we knew all of our professors and like, we knew how to get in t- contact with them because it was such a small area. Yeah. But university is just so big, everything's mm-hmm. super dispersed. I think that might be a contributing factor, mm-hmm. but you're right. Just felt so much support in medical yeah. school, which has been good. And there's also a lot of mental health support, like the physician's yes. health line and things like that. Like yeah. it's been great. Yeah, so we both get like six free like counseling sessions mm-hmm. a year and mm-hmm. Trevor universities and like our faculty has like two counselors that just or psychologists that just work and oh I know that and, okay, yeah that's pretty cool and I think UBC has like similar things too yeah yeah so that's been really nice yeah and also a huge plus because remember in when I was an undergrad like the wait to get into counseling at UBC was Ooh, quite long. I've heard of people that graduated yeah. and then they got the call that it was finally their turn yeah. for counseling, which is wild. It was quite long. Yeah. I but, mean, we could talk all day about like how we need more mental health support in our universities. And we both have our own stories of yeah. like mental health that we'll share later on. Um, but I remember when I did fail, like my counselor was someone I relied on heavily. Mm-hmm. And that can be really helpful. In medical school, right? In medical school. Because yeah. we also went through in medical school. Hell yeah. <laughs> imagine that and it's also it's funny that you mentioned like being in high school and like the environment that we were in high school because it just made me think like we both did the international baccalaureate the IV program in high school so you and I have actually been in sort of like a like a hyper competitive kind of environment success driven environment for like a long time like since grade nine and that's probably changed like a lot of how we view the world and how we view like success and failure yeah 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 I remember Ivy. Everyone was very smart. Like, I felt very intimidated. This one guy got into Harvard. Yeah. And, like... and you know, but what was so fun was what was so nice was that we were all really, really happy for him when yeah. the one person. He was the him. most humble, like the most I... humble, the smartest, like the kindest. The nicest. Yeah. Oh my yeah. like all around good dude. If you're listening, he's not. Um, shout out to him yeah but you know there are a lot not just him too like people from our school went to like UPenn like UCLA but yeah but but it was very hyper competitive and I remember in that but but I remember in that moment we all were able to rely on each other for support yeah and it's similar in med class in a lot of ways medical school is very much like high school because you know you're in the same cohort with the same people you have the same classes there's clubs that you can join just like high school um so it's very interesting coming back to that environment but being like a lot older Mm -hmm. and you know studying a different thing more mature supposedly i don't know about that i don't don't know about (laughs) me yeah you're right okay well branching off this topic Mm -hmm. of failure and how much support we've received mm-hmm. um what was your mm-hmm. biggest failure in life so we're just going to get right into the deep and the, the nitty-gritty what yeah. was your biggest failure so actually, this is like prime trauma bonding isn't it yeah definitely <laughs> you need to call your after this. <laughs> have her on speed down so i want to talk about first year of university because okay. that was a rough time for me okay. i think um because you know yeah IV was hard but like we did what we could we got the support that we could. Mm-hmm. First year university was really tough for me. Historically, I have struggled with, with I've just struggled. No, I'm just kidding. I've struggled with subjects was, like math, mm-hmm. physics, mm-hmm. anything that really involves like numbers. Even chemistry was like hard because there was a lot of like, I don't know, like analytical concepts mm-hmm. to, to think about and understand. And so I really struggled in first year and I did not get the grades that someone who's like aspiring to go into medical school would, would want to get. Um, do you feel so, comfortable with sharing yeah words? so I think my lowest grade was probably like like in the 60s for mm. like integral calculus that was oh, my worst class 60s yeah so I got like a 67 maybe or 68 wow. in integral calculus and yeah. like you get that in your first year and then I think in chemistry and physics it was in the 70s yeah um, and and for for the record Tina was easily one of the smartest people I knew in high school. Like I'm talking, I remember in grade nine, the teacher in ah uh, that English class. I will never forget that. Yeah. Like the well, teacher. So Azim is really bitter that I got top student. In oh, English, English class nine. In English nine. Um, but the teacher kept calling, calling her up and being like, 
Yeah. So this work by Tina Kia has yeah. been absolutely, that was a really bad, I don't know why my voice, like, but absolutely amazing. And this yeah. is a perfect example, kept all her stuff for, you know, her, for, for examples in the yeah, future. Yeah, so he had to write a like children's that. book and he kept my children's book to show his, uh, his future classes. Yeah. Probably because, you know, you can, you look like a child as well. You know, you, you, <laughs> yeah, same height. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, like, but even in grade nine, like mm-hmm. in science class as well, I remember like, um, the professor would, you know, brought her up and being like, yeah, this is a prime example of what a great presentation looks like and pointed to Tina. And so Tina's had a lot of, a lot of success in high school, yeah. a lot of success in high school. And so, Although, you know, even at the time, it didn't feel like it, even at the time, it's still well, it was like just, I could do better. It was know? just so normalized. Yeah, like yeah, you it's getting, so normalized. you're getting a 90, like 90, <laughs> I'm a 95 student or I'm a 99 student. Right. But and so it just goes to show like how brilliant you were and what a shock it must have been mm-hmm. when you went into undergrad and got a 67 or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, like all, was... all your hopes and dreams just shattered. Yeah. Right? Like... Because imagine being in that position. How how are you going to like think that it's mm-hmm. even possible for you to like get into medical school or anything? And you know what was so frustrating is a lot of the professors in first year were like very like anti like pre-medical student like I would remember being in a class of like 200 other people and the professor would be like how many of you here want to go into medical school in like a first year physics class and like obviously like 90% of people their hands would go up and the prof would just laugh and they'd be like haha that's gonna change how frustrating yeah. is that like to, yeah. to know that like oh okay so I'm probably gonna be weeded up yeah anyway right so that's also part of the culture that I wish we can change because like there's nothing wrong with going to university and wanting to be a pre-medical student and and what sucks is that it's coming from a professor as well yeah <laughs> right and I understand yeah. that they're just joking about it and but because they're probably so like tired. like they've se- yeah and they've yeah. seen it they've yeah. seen like you know the transition of people mm-hmm. uh, maybe there wasn't their intention to just yeah you know say stuff like that like well, maybe it wasn't they also want to like promote like you know academia because that's yeah. what they're doing too right yeah. and They've just seen a lot of students who think they want to go into medical school, but they actually don't. And that's why they change their mind. Mm-hmm. But it really made it feel like, oh, like if you're not the best of the best, then you're not going to make it because look around. Everyone else here is trying to do that, too. Mm-hmm. So as someone who's like not doing well in the class and then you also see that it's so discouraging. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So there was a lot of tears shed. Like there was a lot of like feelings of doubt and stuff at the time. But I don't know. I just really felt like there was nothing you could do except just like continue to do your best. And I think in second year, like learning to change my study habits, like really helps. Like I realized that I needed to dedicate like hours of studying to a class if I wanted to do well. Yeah. Right. And I also realized, you know, I had strengths too, like in biology, like that was where I I would get good grades. Right. And so it made me think, oh, like this is similar to like what I'll be studying in medicine. So at least like what I'm interested in, I can kind of do well in that too. And I just have to like make my way through like the tough courses, like math and physics and everything like that. But finishing first year, I definitely was not in a position where I thought this was ever going to be possible for me, which just goes to show that sometimes things turn out differently than you think they will. And if you continue to to just try to improve yourself and improve what you can, that's what helped me because in second year, I was able to take more classes that I was really interested in integrated science really helped in terms of not having to take things like analytical chemistry which destroyed some people um and really be able to do what I like and also change your study habits and change the things that you can control um so that's what helped me but I feel like that was that was a huge failure at the time being like there's no way I can move forward from this that see that's really surprising for me having being someone who's known you from Mm -hmm. high school Mm -hmm. and you know to the latter part of university Mm -hmm. as well because like I'm again Tina was one of the smartest people I, I knew. Well, that's what you thought. That's what I <laughs> that's thought. That's the impression but, you had. But, but that's the impression I had. But mm-hmm. even in third year, mm-hmm. I still thought you were one of the smartest people mm-hmm. I knew. Because whenever I had, and maybe, you know, you went through your trials and tribulations yeah. after that, but, or before that, I should say, but. Third year was a good year for me, I'd say. Yeah. But, but every single time I had a question, I'm like, okay, hey, Tina, what's up? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you were my go-to girl. Yeah. You were like, whenever I had a question, I would just come to you because I knew that number one, you what 95% of the time have the answer, but the 5%, Was it right? No. Yeah. The, but, but here's the thing, the 5% of the time you didn't, you would always admit to your shortcoming. You'd be like, yeah, I'm not sure, Yeah. but I can, you know, find out for you. And that's, that's literally, so that, so like since high school, I've always seen you as a doctor. And like, after we became close in third year, all those thoughts were almost solidified even mm-hmm. more. 
Um, That's nice of you to say. It's probably one of the few nice things I've said to you. But I I think that just goes to show like, you know, sometimes even though like you might have failed, Mm -hmm. right? That's just in just one aspect of life. That's just one part of your story. Exactly. But overall, like the person that you are, um, and the way other people see you will shock you, you sometimes, yeah. right? The amount of nice things some mm-hmm. people have to say about mm-hmm. you is just like things that you wouldn't even think of. And you're like, wow, I never realized you viewed me that way. Yeah. Which just goes to show how important it is to have a support system when you fail. Yeah. can pick you back up and yeah. tell you that your failure is not who you are. Because, yeah, because sometimes that whole like positive self-concept that we should all have of ourselves, sometimes we can't, you know, we can't always have where that. Where is she? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, where is that <laughs> Tina that I know and love? And and sometimes like I, I liked what you said, like we always get so ingrained into what other people are thinking. Yeah. Like I remember like in... I remember Hassan Minaj said this once in one of his of comedy he shows. Because he, he was like, him. I love him. Loki Akahengi. It's like, what will people say? Yeah. You know, and that's always, you know, if I feel I don't go to med school and I've told all these people, what will people yeah. say? You know, uh, if people always think I'm a smart person, what will people say? Yeah, um, exactly. And I mean, so it's so important to stay away from that and yeah, to have a positive support system to, yeah. to, to support you when you when you're down. And one thing I'm happy about too is like even though I did come from like parents that did have like high expectations and like, you know, immigrants that really wanted me to like work hard, like they never really pushed me to go into medicine or like they never really they were like, you have to do this or else like I'll be disappointed in you. Yeah. And they never pushed me to like get really high grades either. It's funny because I feel like they did that in middle school, but they kind of just gave up and they just like let me do my thing, which is really nice. I remember like after getting my first like math midterm back, I got like 59 or something. It was horrible. I was like, this is the end. I was like crying in my room. And my mom actually was like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, I got a bad grade. And she's like, it's fine. It's okay. Like we say this thing in Farsi, like it's like, oh, it's like, it's not worth your like, energy like, your energy yeah. or like oh like you're worth so much more than like this oh, one thing that yeah. you're like upset about yeah um yeah I don't know how to like literally translate it but I always think that too when I'm trying to be kind to myself I'm like oh like how do I said it like you know like it's okay I'm like worth more than that and mm-hmm. I'm like it's not worth like being so upset about mm-hmm. but that was so nice to be able to like have that support system too yeah yeah and like my boyfriend was in like SFU at the time and he was so supportive of me too like adrian <laughs> shout out to adrian, adrian <laughs> charles adrian no, oh sorry, sorry. does he want name. does he want his name to be i don't think he cares yeah he doesn't <laughs> adrian adrian's a g well he said he did say once that he's okay being known as just being known as, as the my boyfriend, boyfriend. <laughs> i respect that so but he was so supportive of everything too like every time i would get a bad grade i'm like adrian i failed and he's like it's okay like it'll be okay Mm-hmm. so that was really nice to have to like be able to have people that remind you again like mm-hmm. that that's not everything but so that was one and then the other thing that I just wanted to mention briefly is like the other time I really felt like a huge failure was like the second time that I applied to medical school I got mm-hmm. waitlisted for UBC and I never got off the waitlist and this was in fourth year um like at the year that I was doing my co-op and that was just it was just so hard because everyone knew that I was like applying and everyone was so supportive and I'd like mm-hmm. done the interview and I felt like good about it. And it's just like a situation where you just, there's nothing you can do. Like you mm-hmm. simply must like move forward. But that was like definitely a low point. And like having to tell people that it wasn't working out or like just having people constantly ask, so are you off the wait list yet? Sorry. And I'm like, uh-huh. no, nope, I'm still on it. Like, that's just how it is. You know, there really wasn't any, any way to go through that except going through it it, right so what did that teach you well I think I couldn't there's a lot I couldn't control about Mm -hmm. it like the only thing I could control was I guess how I felt about it and like how I viewed the situation as oh well at least I got waitlisted so this means that UBC thinks I'm a capable doctor um and the only reason I'm not getting it is because there's just not enough space so it kind of gave me confidence and that this was something that could happen and actually I think what really helped is when one point I just changed my thinking to it's not about if I get in it's It's when Mm -hmm. and that just changed everything right because you just know that it will happen and that uncertainty is put away um and it's just a matter of like when and how much time you're going to spend how much money you're going to spend which is all very frustrating and like very valid to feel upset about that but I guess just knowing that it would happen I'd have to wait another year I'd have to do my fifth year 
um, I'd have to spend more money, like stay at home longer, all of that was disappointing. And it was also COVID. Everyone was going through a hard time. When um, you do fail, yeah. at the time, that failure seems like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. How did you get through that? Yeah. Well, you, you feel it. You feel right? it. And yeah. you take the time to feel your feelings. And I think it's a mistake to suppress them. Mm-hmm. and to act like it's not there because it will just bubble back up later. Mm-hmm. I really like what you said about feelings on how they only last like three seconds. Mm-hmm. Once you like feel the emotions, mm-hmm. then the repercussions of them are not so bad mm-hmm. when you move forward. And then you just start planning for the future. Okay. That's just, that's really all I did. I mean, really, I should have gone to therapy. <laughs> that's so what ba- I should so have basically done just go through it. Feel it. Do you, think, do you think that it made you a tougher person for the second time you were on the wait list? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Because I was like, well, what's the worst that can happen? It already happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's worse this time because I'm a year older and not much to show for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say so. Interesting. All right. So what about you? What was your biggest failure? My biggest failure. <clears throat> or like the first thing that you think of in your life when I say failure. Mm, I think, well, one of the things happened in medical school, but I think that's just because it was more recent than I'm thinking about it. Mm. It's more fresh. More yeah. fresh. Again, which is important to feel your feelings at the time or they're just going to remain yeah. fresh for a while. Um, but I think my biggest failure was, was probably like a string of failures that happened um, in third year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was when, so I've taken the MCAT about three, well, almost three times. So I took it first. <laughs> Why almost three times? Because then I got in two days before I was supposed to take it. The it third good, time, the right? The third time. Um, and that's a good story. That was too, a great story. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> let's see. So in 20, I want to say 18, so after my second year, I was um, playing for the MCAT and I got a 511. Um, which, which is tall. Or is that a good score? 511 is yeah. like 83, 83rd percentile, mm-hmm. I would say. For UBC this year, I believe average was 514. Mm-hmm um and so it just goes to show how competitive things are and um because I wanted to make myself more competitive because my GPA at the time wasn't the highest my GPA was 84.8 I believe which is also below average for you so it's just like at this point it's like 89 yeah yeah Yeah. I was very below average um my life story and feeling upwards forever and then I uh so I decided to take the MCAT again because I want to boost my chances and so I'm doing research this summer um it's not pi about uh um, pediatric kidney transplant is this a good time no it's is not. this a good time to say that azim has four publications he's basically a, a, <laughs> edit that out, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to be bragging like this no well, you're not bragging i oh, okay bragging. but no he is a dedicated researcher um he has a lot of research experience <laughs> i don't <laughs> Um, anyways, so I was doing research and I was waiting for the MCAT and I got a really bad score. I got a 506. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not a time. second time. It wasn't a bad score, but it's a score that, okay, it's not, it's, it's not very competitive. Score. It's yeah. a bad score. Um, it's like 70 something percentile. Like it wasn't very high. And so the good thing is UBC does take your highest um, MCAT, but it was still a big shock to me. And so in third, in going into fourth year, I'm just like, will this field of medicine ever come to fruition? Like, this, you know, did really bad on MCAT again. Like, yeah, I... and how did that make you feel to like do it a second time? Even expecting worse. to get yeah. a higher score and get such a lower score. I mean, I thought I was like, oh yeah, like I knew exactly what to do to study and like I you know I can work and do this at the same time. So I definitely overestimated myself and my, mm-hmm. my capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just kind of sucked because I'm like, well, I spent, I already spent last summer studying the entire time. Now I spent this summer basically having no life studying and working full time. Yeah. And having my next summer doing the same thing too. Like, it's just like, when, this does, cycle. The cycle when stop? does it stop? Yeah. When does it stop? And I think this just goes to show like one of the important lessons I learned during this time was like, you can't keep waiting until like, you can't just keep going through this. I mean, okay. Some things are temporary for sure, but you yeah. also have to know and be able to be happy in the moment. Yes. You can't just keep thinking like, once I get this, I'll be happy. That's such an important concept to have that I didn't actually fully grasp until I got into medical school. That's like the number one thing that like the physician that works for our office of advocacy and well-being yeah. is always trying to tell us is like 
you can't say, oh, I'll be happy when finals are done. Yeah. Oh, I can't be happy when clerkship starts. Oh, yeah. when residency. Because it's it's always going to be like that. Yeah. So you just have to find peace in the moment. In the moment. In the moment. And I didn't fully grasp that until like I got into medical school because I told myself, once I get to medical school, I'll be happy. But you mm-hmm. know, things also came up in medical school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so now we're in fourth year. And I'm just like, hey, what if I don't become a doctor? And because of that failure, I just did a deep dive into so many different other professions. Yes, I feel like there was a period of time when whenever I t- would talk to you, you'd be like, yeah, I like shadowed a dentist or like, oh, I'm considering physio. Yeah, and I was like- I shadowed a physio, yeah. yeah. I like, I shadowed so many different specialties and uh, not specialties, I should say, um, <clears throat> different jobs, professions. professions. Um, because truly I was like, well, if I'm gonna pursue this career for medicine, I need to be completely sure about it. Because at the time I wasn't really sure. Like mm-hmm. part of it was because, you know, I've always told other people that I want to become a doctor. So yeah. it's just like, at some point, I kind of lost those original reasons as to why I want to become a doctor. So I need a reminder. Um, secondly, it's a, it's a really difficult journey and it's a long journey. Do you, do you, you have to be fully committed if you want to do medicine, because even after medical school, <laughs> residency comes up and yeah. there's a whole bunch of other stuff that comes up and you have a lot of pressure. It's high stress, high pressure. And so you have to be sure that you want to do something like that. And so, so that's what you gain from and, adversity. Yeah. And it's also like, well, if I have to do it, I have to also spend another summer in the MCAT possibly. So I got to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And all of these things I wouldn't have explored and wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had these questions answered if not for that failure in the first place. And so, man, I explored so many different professions. I reached out to so many different people. Explorer. You were Indiana Jones. I was Dora the Explorer. <laughs> I was Indiana Jones is a better, not Dora the Explorer. Matt, I started exploring so much. Um, and physio, OT, dentistry. Um, I used to I wanted to do something in the sciences, which is why I mentioned yeah. a whole bunch of science things. But I also explored um, business. Mm, um, really? I explored business. I explored um, the accounting. The nut about business? The nut. <laughs> <laughs> Take that out. <laughs> I explored accounting. Account? I, Wait, when did you do all this? What are you talking about? This is my fourth year. Fourth year in... How did you explore accounting? So I shouted an accountant's suit. Really? So, yes. Wow. It was very... Uh, I have a lot of respect <laughs> for what accountants do. Yeah. It's a lot of numbers. Yeah. Um, there was this private equity um person wow. for a little bit because yeah. I was like well you know this might be interesting and I feel like I have a very um like I like talking to people and I mm-hmm. feel like I could do well in business because of that not to say that that's the only thing you're yeah. required to do well in business your dad is a salesman he is a salesman it's in my blood yeah it's in my blood um and so I shadowed a lot of things not only within you know the science medicine field but mm-hmm. also definitely well outside of it I even thought about becoming a teacher for a, for a little bit Oh, you're um, a good teacher. Yeah, well, that's why I started teaching all those kids math. Because oh, I thought, because yeah, yeah. like our math teacher in high school, he was he was amazing. And mm-hmm. I was like, what if you know? I don't know. Shout out to Mr. Sherry. <laughs> he's the G. I'm sure he's listening. Um, and so I explored a lot. Um, but I just kept coming back to medicine. <laughs> and I think the reason was, well, I think I narrowed it down after I shadowed like accounting and business and things like that, that I wanted to do something within the science field. Yeah. And I think a second reason why I narrowed it down to medicine as well is because I think um, I think with other fields, sometimes they have their own unique niches, but I think there's just so, there's so much that you can do in medicine. Mm-hmm. And I felt like um, with medicine, I could also explore a lot of different options within medicine that could be related to things like physio. And, yeah. um, you know, it kind of has kind of everything in one which is what I really enjoyed and so I guess I became a little bit more committed to medicine after all this well you know this is a good part about being such close friends I remember a conversation we had about this when you were like shadowing a bunch of different stuff and you know what you said I like PT that was no 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 when you you said that when you shot I think you shadowed like a kidney doctor like a nephrologist or something like that, like at the time, you know, okay. so you shadowed medicine and you were like, what was so cool about medicine is that this doctor, the whole day he was solving problems. Yes. Like from when he first started, he was like reading patient charts. He was like figuring things out. He was solving problems the whole day. Like the whole day was I think that so was the, uh, the Emerge guy. Oh, the Emerge guy. Okay. Well, which makes sense. Yeah. Right. And so I remember, I still remember you telling me that and which was like a conversation that we had so long ago, but it must've like made an impact on me that you like told me that and that I remembered that. 
because you know what that is so true about medicine right yeah. you're always solving a problem and like helping someone and I think that's what really makes for it sure. interesting for us for sure yeah. but also like along the same lines I also realized that I was sh- when I was shouting the PT they were also always solving mm-hmm. problems OT you know pharmacy because pharmacists are constantly just checking over mistakes that um, sometimes doctors can make because doctors have a lot of stuff going on and sometimes it's human nature to make mistakes. Um, Dentists always also problem solving. Like I might need to get braces and my dentist gave me like two or three different procedures about, you know, you could do this or this or this. And she could see her with the wheels turning in her head being like, hey, what's the best one? Um, But yeah, like, and I I came back to medicine and I think that kind of solidified, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to pursue. And so I think that failure that long-term yeah. kind of thing, um, <clears throat> even after my third year, because you remember how bad my third year was. Mm-hmm. Um, that was your wise, first year. I was just like, hey, I want to do this. And lo and behold, well, I yeah. did, we did it. And you were you were ready to take the MCAT again. Yeah. Like, for a third time. Like, that's how persistent you were in this because you'd, you know, explored and gotten that clarity that this is what you wanted to do. And mm-hmm. you were, like, ready to do it again. Yeah. And then here is the great story of how you got accepted into medical school. Yeah. It's kind of like dating around and being like, okay, now I definitely want you. <laughs> because you were on the wait list. Yep. And then how many days before school started? Yeah. So did you get in? I was, I studied for the MCAT this past year in 2021 for like three months, I think. And because then, you got on the wait list in May. Yeah. And, and then so you started studying. May, June, July. And then I think my test was scheduled for the 24th of August. Mm-hmm. First day of classes for medicine was August 23rd. And I think on the 18th, I found that I got into medical you school. You got a call. Yeah, yeah, I got a call from, from, from the dean being like, congrats, you got, or the assistant dean or something, being like, congrats, you got Which in. Which is Come to Kelowna. amazing. Very, Three days before. Talk about coming clutch, in touch. Clutched it like Kobe. Shout yeah. out to my, shout out to Kobe. Um, At the very last minute. Very last minute. Yeah. Just, it was... And and honestly, my mom was like, wow, look at that. Like, there's always a plan in place because you now, because, you know, you, I know for a fact that if you got into medical school in May, you wouldn't have done nothing. No, no. You've been playing video games every single day, yeah. but you studied and now you have more knowledge and look at that. You're going to medical school a little such, bit more prepared. That's such a your mom thing that's, to say. Yeah. Shout nice. out to Layla. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. Yeah, so that was probably my biggest thing that ultimately I think motivated me to pursue medicine a lot, you know, harder. That's than such a good before. story because it's you know pretty much the worst thing that happened on your journey, but mm-hmm. also kind of the best thing too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't it wild that we've just been talking about failure this whole time, but it's not really been negative at all? Yeah, it's been very supportive. <laughs> I mean, because it was it was very constructive as to as to where we are but, right now. But I think that's just because we're looking at this. We are looking at it in, in retrospect. Hindsight. Yeah, at the time, it freaking sucks. At the time, it feels like you have these red blinders on, and mm-hmm. then you can only see the world through this red mm-hmm. tinge, and like yeah. nothing makes sense, yeah. and you just hate everything. Yeah. Um, and now we have the good because, memories too of, because, of getting in because I remember yeah because yeah. I remember when the time I got waitlisted like um this past year like I was just so unfazed by it mm-hmm. for like two days mm-hmm. and I was just like no like no emotion whatsoever I remember oh really no I emotion. was so done no, I, I was, was so upset I just called. I was like why did I even attempt this again mm-hmm. I'm so upset no <laughs> I had no emotion whatsoever yeah. I was like it is what it is mm-hmm. and she's like, are you okay I'm like yes yeah, mm-hmm. it is what it is I remember like my partner at the time like I was talking to her and she's like I'm like it is what it is it took me like a, two days and then my processing, mom, processing. My mom, and then it just all hit me at yeah. once and my, I just my mom came into my room she's like are you okay and I just started crying oh wow so we both have those stories Dude, that's I just, funny man, I balls shout so, out to moms out there yeah, comforting their like, crying I was just hugging her and just crying in her oh. arms and like for a solid, like 20 minutes I think I remember I think at first you were like yeah whatever and I'm like what do you mean whatever yeah, this yeah. is the worst thing that's ever happened and then like next week you were like full depression yeah like, yeah it, it definitely took me a couple of days to mm-hmm. come to terms with it but when it did you know it definitely sucked but I think sometimes it's also just funny like looking at the humor of the situation like yeah. what am I even doing with my life yeah I think it was especially funny for me because I got waitlisted the year before three different places at yeah. the same time oh, I, yeah. and Calgary, I was like Alberta, you know um, what and UBC and I was like maybe I'm just meant to be the waitlist queen and I'd been waitlisted the year before too so I'm like I have to appreciate the hilarity of this situation and they're all like oh like oh we'll take you but we'll see what other people say first 
what sucks is that like it also puts your life on pause like for medicine yeah. specifically this is unique to medicine mm -hmm. but like when you graduate and then you're just like hey what do mm -hmm. i do now kind of thing right yeah and as a planner i hate not knowing what my life there's is a lot look of like uncertainty if you're applying to medical months. school yeah a lot of uncertainty and we both had to move which which is like a whole other conversation too mm -hmm. but we had to like pick up our life and say goodbye to our friends and like get a new place in a new city where we didn't really know anyone to start a new program yeah. it was a huge so difficult so difficult yeah, yeah. um but I think that's another challenge that we overcame for better for it. But I think like like going back to the whole um, um, coming to terms with it thing, it could take a couple of days to come to terms with it. But now everything's in hindsight. So we can kind of see with things clarity with, with a little bit more clarity. We can also justify why things turned out the way they did. Mm -hmm. um, and and ultimately, I think, you know, speaking to a failure, in the moment, it can be so tough to 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 see that you know why that happened yeah but, it feels like it's like why is this happening to me but then like, if you just keep moving forward like take as long as you want mm -hmm. take take a day take a week take yeah. a month take a year if you want to yeah. you know what i mean like truly take as long as you need to to be to come to terms with it and but but if you the first step is to you know literally start moving forward it mm -hmm. can be as simple as literally making your bed oh yeah we talk about this all the time but yeah. making your bed can change your entire day yeah especially like what because we were both like living alone in medical school in a new city and mm -hmm. like COVID was still happening I found that if I didn't make my bed that was just like a depressed day like there was not a lot going on mm -hmm. mood was not good or if you don't go outside in a day like these little things can make such a big difference yeah yeah, yeah. but it can be as simple as you know making your bed but, you know, those small steps that you may take or making a cup of coffee, yeah. you know, those small steps that you eventually take could lead to bigger steps. And before you know it, mm -hmm. you know, you've you've walked, you know, a kilometer yeah. and and a few days later, a few months later, a few years later, you can look back at the failure that you yeah. went through and be like, well, first of all, good on you for going through that. Yeah. But also, secondly, you're in a much better place than when you first started. And mm -hmm. you can see you can say confidently, like, yeah, this, that thing I went through was yeah. was a really important thing for me to go through yeah and we have like you know the benefit of retrospect right mm -hmm. i feel like if we are we're in a position where we did not get in and we were like still struggling it would probably be hard to see yeah. it and you know to anyone who's listening who's still like trying to get into med school i understand that like it still sucks in the moment right but i think what you said about taking it one step at a time can really help because really what else can you do yeah there, there, it just like ultimately, like you said, you, there's no way around it. You have to go through it and mm -hmm. you have to put one step in front of the other and you have to keep going because failure yeah. does suck. But um, what is nice is that when we were talking about this before, a lot of the people that we know that have been trying for a long time, eventually we're kind of seeing everybody achieve, in. yeah, mm -hmm. get in and one way or another, like make their dreams happen. Like whether that's kind of going to med school here or somewhere else or taking like another health profession like it's gonna happen mm -hmm. in one way or another in the way that it's meant to yeah but but also you also know that people who may have gotten waitlisted this year like I remember talking to a few people this year who got waitlisted or rejected and I'm like I can see you as a great doctor yeah you know I mean like it's nothing against them it's just no. like there's and it's gonna happen for them too yeah it just might take a little bit longer yeah which is it sucks but yeah um that's just the reality of applying to medical school in Canada there's only a certain amount of spots and and like some of the classmates that I met oh my gosh so brilliant like mm -hmm. amazing like there's a lot of like older people that have had entirely other careers that yeah. have applied over and over or like had another career and decided they want to apply and gotten in like there's such a so much talent and honestly when you when they come in like those the people like me personally like i look like there's this one person who's a nurse mm -hmm. who's been a nurse for quite a long time literally whenever i have a question i'm just like yeah, i'm gonna go to her the because, nurses in our class are so knowledgeable yeah. they know everything right yeah. and so people come from different backgrounds yeah. and stuff like that they become experts from their own background in that, in that yeah. respective field and, and we're so lucky we have to learn from them mm -hmm, right and mm -hmm. like become better too mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it, it almost i mean like we could do a whole episode on imposter syndrome in medical but like everyone just feels so like accomplished and we're just there like yeah i, yeah. Have, I have an integrated science, science degree, degree. Yep. hell yeah yep. yeah living life no clinical experience whatsoever nope. but i'm just here i'm vibing <laughs> yep. good time i know how to do a head and neck exam <laughs> I don't know how to do that because we didn't do neurology yet and we don't spiral at our school. Well, we spiral in other ways, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
I think that's pretty good for episode one. Yeah. What, do you, what do you say? Yeah, I think so. What do you think the main takeaway is from this episode? Failure sucks. Failure sucks. Failure will happen. Failure will and happen. Looking back, failure can ultimately lead to bigger and better things. It can help you as a person and build character. And we're all about building character. All about here building on character. Failing upwards forever. We have the highest standards <laughs> in character. But well, yeah. I think that, that concludes it. So thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, and we'll see you guys next time on Feeling Upwards Forever. That's it for More now. Great conversations. That's it. Peace. And then do the outro music. Do, 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 do. We're keeping that in. <laughs>